Hi again everyone, thanks for joining us again as we study the Holy Spirit and we're in this um, mini-series on the fruit of the Spirit looking today at joy. Uh, Psalm 16 and verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Romans 14 and uh, verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So that basically means that joy is a third of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now generally speaking, we would have to say that Christianity has not been known for its joy. The public face of the church is not always happiness. I wonder what the popular perception is of the church. We thought about it last time when we looked at love, that perhaps anger is more in keeping with how people outside the church see us. Uh, a makeup artist, Rosalind Russell, on one occasion said, Joy is a woman's best cosmetic. Well, it's also the best for a Christian as well to have joy written all over our faces. We talk about it, we sing about it, but we don't always convey or confer that joy. We've got some bad PR, it has to be said. The German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche once said scornfully about, other, about Christians in his day, I would believe in their salvation if they looked a little more like people who had been saved. Oh, that is pretty true, but isn't it? Uh, it was A.G. Swinburne, the English poet and critic, who pictured Christ as a pale Galilean, I quote, who made the world grow grey at his breath. And that very often is the spin that, that has been put on Christ and Christianity by the world at large. Um, the image sometimes it has to be said that we have miscommunicated to the unbelieving world. Such a description of Jesus especially is reprehensible and diabolically false and yet it's often how people perceive those in the church. And so joy is what Jesus said we're meant to have. Uh, in John 15, 11, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you that you may have joy, that it may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. In fact, that's said, I think, four times in the New Testament. Also in John 16, 24, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Full. What good father would not want his children to have joy? And God the Father is exactly like that. Christianity was meant to be enjoyed, not endured. William Barclay said, The Christian is the laughing cavalier uh, of Christ. A gloomy Christian is a contradiction in terms. And nothing in all religious history has done Christianity more harm than its connection with black clothes and long faces. What does culture think of how Christianity has been communicated? But what does the Bible actually teach? Well, let me share a few things the Bible tells us about joy. First of all, God is the author of joy. Joy is attributed to God. In Zephaniah three seventeen, it says, The Lord your God in the midst, the Mighty One will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And that word rejoice there actually means to twirl around or to dance. God is the original singer and dancer. It was Nietzsche again who said, I would believe only in a God that knows how to dance. Well, our God does know how to dance. 
In fact, in Luke chapter 15, in the three lost parables, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son, Jesus depicts a party taking place in heaven. There's great rejoicing over one sinner who repents. C.S. Lewis said, joy is the serious business of heaven. Heaven is filled with joy. And so whenever we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we need to expect there to be joy. At your right hand, there is pleasure forevermore, Psalm 16, 11 said. In your presence is fullness of joy. So joy essentially is not found in the absence of trouble. Please hear this. It is not found in the absence of trouble. It is found in the presence of God. Father God has more joy than any other person that there has ever been. God is the happiest person alive. And then we see Jesus as a man of joy. What picture have you inherited of Jesus Christ? In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9 it says, Of Jesus you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore God your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than all your companions. Again that's telling us that the incarnation of God, the express image of God the Father in Jesus the Son, he was the happiest man alive. Someone uh, has has noted that as babies we learn joy from the lines on our parents face when they smile at us and that's the case with Jesus and our father God that we learn joy by beholding them the way they are there was once a stern-faced minister who preached a sermon the tears of Jesus and he said three times we read that Jesus wept but we never read that he smiled and a little girl uh, below him forgetting herself explained oh but I know he did and shocked the minister stopped and said to the little girl why do you say that child and uh, all of a sudden frightened with all the eyes on her at that moment she said well because the bible says he called the little children and they came to him and if jesus had looked like you i know that no child would have come to him they would have been too afraid how do we see jesus he was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows and he displayed and depicted the true nature of god because god is joy And joy is the heart of the gospel, essentially. Romans 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And see the progression there. When we have the righteousness of God in Christ, which we get by faith alone when we trust in him and the finished work that he's accomplished for us at the cross, when we have that imputed righteousness to us, we have the peace of God in our hearts and we know the joy of the Lord in our lives. See, if you believe you're still a sinner, well then you'll not have the joy of the Lord. You need to have your sins dealt with and receive his joy. And you know the righteousness of Christ. There's no greater joy than than that to know that you're right with God. But joy is also an essential ingredient for reaching lost people. This is often why we're not successful when we're trying to spread the gospel. It was Philip Brooks who said, The religion that makes a man look sad certainly won't cure the world. There is such a thing as sin and judgment, but the gospel is good news. It was said of John Wesley that it was the joy of the Moravians that actually helped him to faith in Jesus Christ and true conversion. The Christian owes it to the world to be supernaturally joyful. 
C.H. Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher, was emphasizing to his students the importance of uh, actually conveying in facial expression the, the, the feelings of what was in the gospel they were preaching. And this is what he said. When you speak of heaven, let your face light up. Let it be irradiated with a heavenly gleam. Let your eyes shine with reflected glory. But when you speak of hell, well, then your ordinary face will do. <laughs> I wonder could he say the same of Christians today. We need to tell our faces what is meant to be in our heart. Joy is an essential gradient of reaching lost people uh, because it's at the heart of the gospel, as we've said. But also joy is the secret of endurance, strength and holiness. One of the marks of spiritual maturity is the level of joy that we carry. Strength and endurance come from joy. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 um, tells us, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Wow, we need to understand this. And don't delay your joy until your circumstances improve. Why would you delay what would strengthen you? Um, Andrew White, who, uh, Canon White, who led the church in Iraq through much persecution, says, Despite these atrocities, we are such a happy church. When you have lost everything, you realize that Yeshua, Jesus, is all that you have left. That's when you know true joy, when everything else is darkness. If you don't have joy, you will burn out. Joy is actually the way to have holiness, true holiness. Thomas Aquinas said, If a man has no joy, it is necessary that he become addicted to carnal pleasure. Wow, how insightful is that? When we go after other things, certain sinful behaviors of the flesh, very often it's because we are not being satisfied with the deep pleasures of God. Joy is a secret of endurance, of strength, and of a holy life. But see something else. Joy is not simply happiness and laughter, but it does include them. Joy is more than comedy or earthly pleasure uh, or mere happiness. And of course, happiness, the word derives from happenings, which of course are grounded in our circumstances. But joy is greater than that. In spite of our circumstances, we can know joy. It's not just frivolity. Joy is essentially enjoyment of God and the good things that come from his hand. It's not mindless laughter, but laughter is good. It has to be said, and the Bible bears that out. Proverbs 17 verse 22 says, Laughter is a medicine. It is a tonic, and I don't have time to go into it all, but laughter can be a jog for your heart. It can actually make you fit. It can lift your emotions. It's calorie-free and it's 100% natural. You can't overdose on it, and it's contagious. You can't laugh and be angry. You can't laugh and be anxious. Um, so laugh, laughing, it costs you nothing, and yet it can give you everything. It's so beneficial, both mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And next time you feel nervous or jittery, why not indulge in a good laugh? And let me leave you with this final point. Joy will result in a feeling, but it often must begin as an act of your will. Now, that might seem strange, 
But it's actually a command in the New Testament. Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice, Paul says in the Lord, always. Again, I say rejoice. And that was one of Paul's present epistles. And so he had plenty of things to be sad about. But he had to actually use his will to rejoice. So joy is not a personality type. Banish the thought, oh, I'm just not a joyful person. That's not my personality type. That is utterly nonsensical. It's like saying, I'm just not a loving person or I'm just not a good person or a holy person. It, this is a fruit of the Spirit. And can I say, seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. Long faces, depress, depressiveness, and melancholy is not a fruit of the Spirit. I'm not talking about depression. Many Christians can suffer from that, and I'm not putting a stigma on that. I'm talking about how the opposite of joy is not a fruit of God's characteristic, but joy is. And another fruit of the Spirit that we'll touch on later on during this study is self-control. Let me give you this little tip that I learned years ago from a preacher. Um, sometimes you need to use your self-control to activate your joy. You have to take your self-control and lay hold of your joy. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, not by their feelings. Therefore, you can actually choose to be joyful. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice, Paul says. And you say, I don't feel like rejoicing. Everything around me is the opposite of what you should rejoice about. But the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. So you can rejoice as a matter of choice, no matter what your circumstances may be. Now, how does that look? What does it look like to take your self-control and lay hold of the fruit of joy? Well, let me give you an exercise. Laugh with God in the heavens. It says God laughs in the heavens. He's the most joyful person in existence. Jesus was the jo most joyful man who ever lived. Well, laugh with God in the heavens. Laugh in the face of whatever the enemy is declaring against you. Activate your self-control and laugh on purpose. You might say, well, that's just acting. No, it's not. It's practicing. It's practicing joy. And once you use your will to practice joy, then the feelings will begin to come. What you're doing is you're exercising and strengthening your laughter muscle. Sometimes when you press into your problems, you, you just go deeper into those problems. But God's not in the problem. Do you hear me? God is not in your problem. God is the answer. So when you press into your problem, sometimes you just invite your problem. But when you press into the joy of the Lord, you focus on God and you prime the pump of joy for more joy to spring up. So why not try that exercise and laugh with God? Laugh in the joy of the Lord as an act of your will and see what happens to your emotions. There is such a thing as supernatural joy. We know there's natural joy and anybody can experience that. But there is also supernatural joy. 1 Peter 1 and verse 8 says, Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. This is an indescribable 
joy that the Holy Spirit can give us supernaturally. Saint Seraphim of Sarov said these words, the Holy Spirit turns to joy whatever he touches. And if he touches you, you'll experience the supernatural joy of the Lord. John 20, 20, it says, Jesus showed him his hands and his side after he was resurrected from the dead. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. <laughs> Here's the secret of Christian joy, beholding the Lord. Then and when of that statement, they were glad when they saw the Lord. It does not say that they saw themselves or their circumstances. And listen, if you look at yourself, you, you will despair. If you look at your circumstances, you'll become depressed. But if you look at the Lord, you become delighted. And you may even break into a supernatural experience of becoming delirious at the joy of the Lord. So may you experience that fruit today. Ask him for it. Lord, give me your joy. Let me share, Father, let me share, Lord Jesus, in the supernatural joy that gives me strength, that helps me to endure, that brings your peace and makes me holy. Let's pray and ask him for that just now. Father, we thank you that you are so filled with joy, that the whole of heaven is filled with exhilarating, hilarious ecstatic, delirious joy. And Lord, we thank you that Jesus came and expressed that joy. And even his joy was what took him through the cross, as the book of Hebrews tells us, for the joy of receiving us as his people, he endured the cross, despising the shame, for the joy that was set before him. And so we asked you, Father and Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit now, that you would birth this supernatural joy in every heart to overcome ourselves, to overcome our sins, to overcome our circumstances. Lord, give us your supernatural joy, we pray, that we will be known, not just for our love as we've seen already, but we will be known for, for being a happy, joyous, radiant people that reflect the glory of your heavenly joy. And, and people who are particularly downcast today, but they're really struggling right now, I pray, Lord, that you would give them a dose of supernatural holy joy and laughter from the depth of your being to theirs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Uh, may you experience that joy today and come back again and see us for uh, our next installment in the Fruit of the Spirit.